0: Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Okay, I'm gonna share a few moments this morning, and everybody knows that's all relative, right? Few being relative. I, I, I gotta tell you though, I'm feeling the love this morning. I walked back into the cafe during a little break, and Dunio and Rusty were back there. <clears throat> they were threatening me with physical violence. They they said, let's just beat him up and keep him here and he go hunt him. He won't be able to walk out and preach. What kind of people are they? <laughs> this is in church. Shame on you. I told him, I said, I know I'd have people rally to my cause, right? Okay, there was a few. Somebody was like, and, and then, you know, Jeff and Deanne, I walked down there and I find out that she says to Jeff, well, if he really wanted to do something special, he, was, he would take 10 or 15 minutes off the message. I'm, I'm just feeling the love here today, you know. <clears throat> I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I'm just must be the the Christmas season must be on us already. What's that? I, there, uh, yeah, there was two of you on the screen. Let me tell you something, buddy. Two of you, scary. <laughs> I want you to turn with me, Joshua 4. I actually was going to come here today and preach some kind of Thanksgiving message that I had put together. And uh, I had one of those days yesterday nights where some thoughts kept going through my mind. And um, I kept thinking back to the offering, back to the offering, back to last week. And um, I had told you before that I believed that this was going to be a prophetic moment, a prophetic offering. And uh, I know some others of you believed that as well. And I believe it wasn't. I believe it still is. Um, and so I've been processing that. And again, I just want to remind you, if you have an envelope, somebody just told me a little bit ago they wanted to make a pledge. And uh, if you want to do that, fill out the envelope, see me, and we will take care of that for you. But I began to think about this as being another defining moment. How many know your life has been filled with defining moments? I mean, there really are. Think about it. How many, how many know birth was a defining moment for you? How many of you remember it? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> That's a pretty life defining moment. How many graduation was a defining moment? Um, High school, college, whatever it might be. Uh, Jobs were defining moments. How many know marriage is a defining moment? Right? How many know having children is a defining moment? Death is a defining moment. Divorce can be a defining moment. Uh, Heartache, hardship, different things happening, events in life can be defining moments. They are moments that you can point to as being a very pivotal time in your life. Some are moments of great joy. Some are moments of accomplishment. Some are moments of sadness. You describe it. Nations have defining moments. I mean, Israel, 1948, Israel became a nation. That was a defining moment, was it not? Our country, 1776, was a defining moment in our country. Cities have defining moments. Churches have defining moments. Churches, as a body of believers, have defining pivotal moments throughout their history. This church has had A number of defining moments over the years. And some of you could list them better than I can. But I got to thinking about it. I remember reading in some of the old Constitution and bylaws in 19, I think it was 1938, I believe. Harold, you might have been around for that. Um, (laughs) Whatever, Russell, I think they brought Russell Williams down from the Buckhorn Bible Church. And he came down and began to preach messages on what was then A Street Union Sunday School. And then there was a moment in time where they became a part of the assemblies. But before that happened, I remember reading the bylaws and constitutions of a meeting they had one time, the notes, the minutes from that meeting, that said in the late 1930s, they decided to have Sunday morning worship services on a trial basis. That was beginning in the late 1930s. How many of you know that's worked out pretty well? All right. And then, and then they became a part of the assemblies. And, and then there was a moment that was a defining moment in their in the history of this church where they had a little white church that they worshiped in, but they tore that white church down in order to build another church um, where the education wing is now. And and then they decided to build onto that church in 1967, 68, and so there's been defining moments. And there's been, um, uh, for for my life, October 24th, 1999 was a defining moment. That's when some of you... (laughs) Because some of you aren't here anymore, voted me in to be your pastor. It was a defining moment in my life. And then from there, together, we've had defining moments. We've had um, the 11th Street Project. That was a defining moment in the history of our church. The, the roof offering that we so much talked about, answering the call, buying this property, um, moving to this property, um, selling the old building, a name change this year. We've had defining moments. Um, even what we're doing as Nehemiah Project is our defining moments where. You know, what we're going to do with rights and some other things we're going to do. And I told you last week that I believe last week's offering was a prophetic offering. A prophetic moment. Even though I said that, I still don't know all the ramifications of that. But I still believe it to be true. I mean, come on. Do you understand that last week, and including this week now, we are over $151,000 in that offering and pledges? Gang, we don't, have a, we don't have what I would call a wealthy church. What well, what I have is a giving church. Amen? How many know there's a difference? It was, a mind, it was absolutely mind-boggling. There's was a defining moment. And, and so in those moments, I'm talking about defining moments. And in those moments, the questions are, what do they define, and how are they defined, and who do they define? Israel had many defining moments throughout their history. Their beginning, okay, was a defining moment. Egypt was a defining moment in their history. Or 400 years spent in Egypt. The Exodus was a defining moment. The Red Sea was a defining moment. The rebellion that entered the promised land was a defining moment. How many know that was a moment that defined 40 more years in the wilderness? All right. How many like to went back and change that decision? All right. The, in the wilderness, though, they had defining moments. Water from a rock. Manna every morning. Quail that were given to them by God. And so I want to bring about a message that talks about defining moments because I couldn't get it out of my mind. I was going to do a Thanksgiving message and I'm Now going to do a message called defining moments. And so Joshua 4, verse 1, is when the people of God had just been crossing the Jordan River to get into the promised land, that next generation after the rebellious one. Verse 1 says, now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua. How many know when you get on the other side of the Jordan, it's a special moment? Hmm? Because you're you're now on the promised side of the Jordan. He said, take yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you, and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So it's interesting, isn't it? So they cross the Jordan River. God supernaturally parts it so they can walk through on dry ground. When God parts that Jordan, he exposes stones, rocks at the bottom of the Jordan. And he tells Joshua to get 12 men and get me 12 stones from underneath that water. Give me 12 stones that might not have been seen yet. Give me 12 stones that have been buried for a, how long? Get me 12 stones. You know, somebody said to me, what do I want? One day I told him, I said, I want the 12 stinking stones. He said, what do you mean you want the 12 stones? I want those things that can only be revealed through the supernatural of God. I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to be satisfied with what we can do with human ingenuity and human plans and human strength. Give me those things that can only be possessed by the power of God alone. Isn't that an incredible thing to think about? What is it in your life that you need from God that can only come into your life because of the supernatural God? Think about that for just a moment. But that's not what I'm going to preach on. All right, and so Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe, and he said to them, Cross again. "...to the ark of the Lord your God, into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Hmm. Then you shall save them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When across the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever." It's an amazing scripture. I'm not going to read anymore. I'm just going to start, and then I'm going to point out a few points. Let me go on to a couple of things. Defining moments. They are incredibly important in our lives, are they not? I believe they're incredibly important. Every facet of life. Let me talk to you about the first point. I wasn't going to bring this one up, but I decided this morning to do it, for, and I'll show you why in a moment. Let me show you on verse 14. On verse 14, it says, On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, so that they revered him, just as they had revered Moses all the days of his life. Let let me give you a first point. Defining moments define your leadership. Can I get an amen? Defining moments will define your leadership. Okay? Now listen to me for just a moment. I'm not, I don't want to talk just about pastors, and I don't want to talk just about spiritual leaders. I want to talk about everybody here. There comes a moment in your life where a crisis or a moment will define your leadership. All right, God brought a moment into the life of Joshua that would define him in the presence of the people. Because how many know the people it used to be all about Moses? Uh, Moses this and Moses that and Moses this. I'm sure Joshua heard it every day. Well, Moses used to do it this way and Moses used to do it that way. Okay, pastors hear that. Well, Pastor Williams used to do it like this and Pastor so and so used to do it like that. Praise God, right? We all like those comparisons, right? How many know when the football team gets a new coach, who's the comparison? The previous coach, right? Everybody wants to go back. As soon as the Steelers lose, we need Bill Cower back. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, you know some of you have said that. We need Bill Cower. We need Chuck Knoll back. We always compare the present with history. Now they would look at him as they once looked at Moses. There are moments that God will define you. Now, listen to me. Why am I saying this? As I want you to understand something, Mom and Dad, stay the course. There'll be a time when God will define you to your children. There's times in your life where they have looked at you and it didn't make sense, and they've mocked you, and maybe they have ridiculed you, and maybe they have not treated you the way that they should. I got to tell you something this morning. Stay the course because God will define you to your children. He will define your leadership. To your children. Business leader, business woman, business man. Stay the course. Stay the course. God will define your leadership. Get a plan from him, follow the course, and let him define you. It's not your job to define you. It's his job to define you. Pastors, if you're here today and you're a pastor, you're listening online, you're watching online, pastor, stay the course. God will bring a defining moment into your life that will define your leadership. The challenge in your life will become a defining moment in your life. The challenge in your life will become a defining moment for your children or those who walk with you. The crisis in your life will be a defining moment. Your moment will define your leadership. Your moment will de- define your leadership. You'll look back one day and you'll say, thank God for that moment. Sometimes you go through the moment and it stinks in the moment. Amen. But I just want to tell you something today. You're here today, mom, dad, leader, whatever it might be. Stay the course that moment God will use to define you. Let me give you another point I am want to point out. So, here's, so get this. So now here is Israel on the precipice of going into the promised land. They got a slight problem. They got a Jordan River at flood stage. They ain't got no boat. They're not taking a ferry. They're not going around. And God says, I'm going to take you through that. All right, and this is how we're going to do it. You're going to take the ark. The priests are going to carry The ark. And they're going to step into the flooded Jordan. And when they step in with their feet, it's going to part. And we all said, oh, that'd be easy. (laughs) Piece of cake. Really? What if he was one of the priests? Hmm? You see, because I mean, you know, that there comes a time in your life when a defining moment will define what you really believe. Hmm? A defining moment defines what you really believe. Defining moments define what's in you. Come on. You, you, you can say it's in you, but sometimes when the rubber meets the road, you find out, Ooh, I thought it was in me. Maybe it's not in me. Maybe, 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 maybe just not. How many of you believe God can raise the dead? Okay. How many of you believe God will raise the dead? Amen. Kill your kid. Who's signing up for that one? Okay, not today. Some of you had a bad day with your kid, all right? No, 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 no. (laughs) Come on. We believe it. You believe it. God can raise the dead. God will raise the dead. And then he says to Abraham, oh, by the way, kill your kid. I mean, that'll put your faith to a test. Defining moments are those moments that will reveal what is truly in your heart. Defining moments are those moments that put your theology into action. Isn't it easy to have theology when it's not tested? Come on. Defining moments bring definition to your theology. All right? Think about this. Actions are what is, what actions define what is in you. Actions define what you believe. Think about this for a moment. When the first generation of Israelites got to the promised land after the exodus, they get to the promised land. They saw and heard a report that came from those spies and they acted upon a belief system that was inside of their heart. Their theology was not put into practice. Rather, they allowed what was seen and heard to form their theology. What was their f- theology all of a sudden? All right. they, they brought a theology of, oh my goodness gracious, oh my. We believe that the land is milk and honey. But there's giants in the land. And God is not more powerful than the giants. They can, uh, come on. You say, well, they didn't say that. Really? What do you call that rebellion? What do you call that rebellion? You, you see, their theology was not, defining moments bring definitions that. They said there's giants, we can't. They are too powerful. The land is rough, the land is this. Therefore, we should go back. The God who brought them out of Egypt, all of a sudden couldn't take them into the promised land. What an indictment. The, the God who split the Red Sea, all of a sudden could not take them across the Jordan and into the promises. The moment before them caused them to forget the moments behind them. The, mo- <laughs> the moment before them was cross the Jordan, head into Jericho, defeat the giants, take the land, possess the land. The moments behind them didn't empower them to do that for some reason. Let me tell you what happens sometimes. The moment before them caused them to redefine what happened in their past. You say, well, how does that happen? Do you remember do you remember this? Oh, Egypt wasn't that bad. Because of the trial of the moment. Because of the struggle at the moment, because of what lay before them, they had revisionist history of the past. Oh, Egypt wasn't that bad. We remember the cucumbers. We remember the leeks. We remember the onion. We remember the meat. Oh, Egypt wasn't that bad. Isn't it amazing when the moment before us will redefine the past? Your past was never better than your present with God. It just wasn't. I hear testimony sometimes of guys. Well, you know, when I was a drug dealer, I used to have all this money. Hello, that wasn't better. (laughs) That was not better. It was not cool. It was not great. It wasn't better. It just wasn't. There's no past life in Egypt better than the present life God has for you. There are times when the path ahead of us causes us to have a revisionist history. Allow the past moment, but rather, the past moments should propel us into a new moment, into a now moment, which is then a future moment. When Saul, let's think about this, King Saul. When King Saul saw the giant Goliath, fear gripped his heart. And he was unable to face him. It was a defining moment in the life of Saul. When David saw that giant, when he heard that giant, the moment revealed what was in his heart, right? The moment did not shape his theology, but rather his theology shaped his actions. And he said, let me at him. Let me at him. When David saw the giant, he remembered the bear. When he saw the giant, he remembered the lion. This guy, he's not gonna be any different than the lion or the bear, Do you understand this morning that you cannot allow the struggle ahead of you, the challenge ahead of you, the defining moment in your midst to redefine your history? But we do it all the time. All of a sudden we marginalize and minimalize it. No, 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 no. Don't do that. The same God who brought you across the Red Sea is the same one who will take you across the Jordan. The same one who delivered you from the Egyptians is the same one who will give you the promised land. was a defining moment. It's a weird strategy. Hey, take the ark, take it into the river, and I'll part it. How many know it's easier to part the river? How many it's easier to step into the river if it's already parted? Right The problem is, it requires faith. Now let me tell you something. So these, these defining moments bring definition to your theology. Man, we're good at quoting the scripture. My God will read all of my riches according to my needs according to his riches and glory. I can't tithe, I don't have enough money. <laughs> and we can go a hundred different directions than that. Come on. That one, right? Defining moments. But what do they, what do they define? Let me give you this one. Defining moments bring definition to God. Saying, say, well, how can that be? God, 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 God. Really? How many of you have a greater revelation of God today than you did 20 years ago? I hope you do. How, how, many of you, how, how many of you have been married for at least 20 years in this house? Oh, you're all old. How many of you have a greater revelation of your spouse today than you did 20 years ago? How many of all that, oh, that revelation didn't come in a joyful moment? How many, of you, how many of you have had defining moments that you have never revisited again? And I ain't going there no more. No, I'm not touching her stuff anymore. Right? Sure. You have a greater revelation today because, because you've been through things. You've been through trials. You've been through hardships. You've been through triumphs. You've been through joy. You've been through all these things. And now you have a greater revelation, a definition of each other. You thought you knew each other when you got married. You didn't know each other. You have got to know each other. There's a love that gets you married, and there's a love that keeps you married. (laughs) The moment presents itself. Joshua hears a plan from God. God lays out a plan, and you've got to decide in that moment whether I'm going to do it or not. You really got to decide. You see, when I say they define God, I don't mean they explain God, but rather they give give you more definition of God. You come to a greater revelation of this amazing, incredible God that we serve. You gain insight, you gain revelation, you gain knowledge. God doesn't need to define himself for himself. We need the revelation of him that comes through these defining moments. All right, so think about this for a moment. Defining moments require one thing. Several things, but I'm going to focus on one. They require faith. Faith takes us beyond ourselves. Amen? When we go beyond ourselves through faith, we find a revelation of God that is beyond ourselves. All right, think about this for a moment. If I don't use faith in defining moments, I am encountering God defined by my fear, not my faith. I only have a revelation of a God that I have allowed fear to bring me an encounter with. That first generation, they get to, the, they get to the, the Jordan River. They're ready to go in. They're going to take possession of the promises of God. They knew it was a good land. They knew it was a promised land. They knew it was theirs, yet fear entered their heart. Therefore, they said, my God can't take us in. Think about that. Fear defined God as not being able to take them in. Now, we don't like that because we say, well, God, they no, your actions dictate, tell you what's in your heart. If I don't use faith in defining moments, I only know a God based upon my strengths. Think about that. How many of you want to know a God that's greater than you? Huh? That, that you, faith takes you to experiencing a God whose strength is greater than your strength. If I don't allow faith to take me beyond me, if I don't allow faith to take me beyond me, I never encounter a God greater than me. It's not a, come on. You, you, you saw the headline a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, for, for the Nehemiah Project, and right, all right? Nehemiah Project has a $10 million plan. Yeah. And 10 cents to our name. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that might even be stretching it. But the point is. If I only view what I think God wants to do through what I have and the strength that I have, and I can't move beyond me, we will never encounter a God who is beyond me. Some of you need to come up here. Some some of you need a sugar shot. Come up and get a piece of cheesecake. Back there, get some cheesecake. Help yourselves, all right? Take these things home, all right? Some of you right now, you need a little shot of energy, all right? I need some too, all right? No, (laughs) okay if if you're getting slumber you're feeling tired just come get some sugar it'll be all right if i don't allow god to take me beyond my limitations i never encounter a god greater than my limitations i want to encounter a god greater than my limitations i want to encounter a god greater than my strengths come on don't does anybody here want to encounter a god greater than sunday morning Does anybody want to encounter a God that's greater than, than what you can even think or imagine? You see, remember, let me take you back to Saul for just a moment. Saul's fear of Goliath allowed Goliath to be defined as greater than God. I am not allowing some stinking devil to be defined as greater than my God. And when my fear keeps me from doing what God says to do, I'm allowing my enemy to be defined as greater than my God. Saul and his armies looked at that giant for 40 days, twice a day, and ran in fear 40 days, twice a day. And they're running in fear, and their fear said, He's greater than us. He's greater than my God. Until this kid shows up. He says, Oh, yeah? You see, David's moment. That defining moment defined who God was, that God was greater than the giant. That moment defined who David was. And that moment defined who Goliath was. He was just a bully, got taken down by a sling and a stone. Hmm? The moment defined who they thought. God was, the moment defined how they viewed the enemy, the moment defined how they viewed themselves. Do you understand this morning that there is an enemy that wants you to decide to define him as greater than your God? Hmm? Failure to use faith in a defining moment allows the obstacle to be declared as greater than God. Moses, hold up that staff and watch the Red Sea part. Joshua, tell the priest, take that ark, step into the Jordan, and watch it part. It's an amazing thing. You have a choice. You can step into your Jordan or not. You can step into your moment or not. You can use faith or not. But I'm going to tell you this much. You're going to have to use faith in a defining moment. Defining moments. If I don't use faith in the defining moments, I'm encountering a God defined by my fear, not my faith. See, but there's something really incredibly important about this defining moment. Now listen to me. It's this. Defining moments are testimony for another generation. Come on. Listen to what it says. And Joshua set up at Gilgal 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Oh, I just just read that one." Isn't it funny? Do you have a present moment that's going to cause your kids to ask questions someday? Do you have a moment that becomes so defining that another generation looks at you someday and says, What does this mean? Hmm? What does this mean? What does it mean that a stone, a cornerstone, in a building sitting on the corner of 11th street and 16th Avenue that says redeemed 2009. What does this stone mean? It means there was a group of people that God had a, that, that believed that God had a plan for a neighborhood, that God had a plan for a building, that God had a plan to redeem people, redeem a neighborhood, redeem a building. That's what it means. Let me tell you the stories. Let me tell you what happened with those people. Let me tell you the story. How many know we need those moments? When I go back and I have read some of the minutes of our church from way back, not the ones we were fighting over stupid stuff. (laughs) Some of those are defining too. But moments of faith and moments of historical moments which define the future. They're inspiring. May our present actions shape future questions. He says, when they ask, what do these mean? You tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us. He did this so all the peoples of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful and you might always fear the Lord. He said, when they ask, you tell them. You tell them about the God who dried up the Jordan River. When they ask, you tell them. How we crossed over on dry ground. As a matter of fact, listen to me, get this, get this. There's something really cool. How many of you remember the day of your birth? Good <laughs> minute. somebody said yes, I was going to say, okay, I give up, I give up. I was going to quit right there. You missed your moment. You don't. How many of you remember the stories that your mother might have told of your birth? Maybe you were a difficult birth. How many of you were a difficult birth? How many of you are still difficult? Okay, never mind. You don't remember it, but you've heard the story of how you got here. I don't know how old I was. I, used, I always hear this story. I used to always hear this story, and I don't remember it, but, I, but, but it wasn't my fault. It was my mother's fault, so, all right? I, I guess I ate ant poison. I guess it was good. I don't remember it. I just remember the story. All I know is I'm still here because somebody pumped my stomach and got that stuff out of me and I'm still alive because of that. But I don't remember it. What am I, why am I saying that? I'm saying this other. Because listen to me. These people, he says, when your children get over there and they see these stones and they ask you, what are these stones? You tell them how they got here. Because there's a whole bunch of kids that aren't going to remember how this happened. There's babies. There's toddlers. There's two-year-olds. Oh, they, they you tell them how they got here. Listen to me as I'm I want a generation someday to hear how they got here. You think about that. The testimony. Tell them how they crossed over. Now listen to me for a moment. Some of you are saying, now oh, you're talking about church. Now I'm talking about you for a moment. You tell them how you got through that divorce. You tell them how you got through the death of that child. You tell them how you got through that hardship. You tell them how your God took you through that defining moment. You tell them. You tell your sons and daughters. You tell your grandchildren. You tell the story of the God who gives you joy in the midst of sorrow. You tell the God who's the one who never rejected you. You tell them about the God who wrapped you in his arms when you cried in the middle of the night. You tell them about that God. Come on. It's a defining moment for your children. All hell might have come against you. But your God is greater than hell. And you tell that to and you give them a defining moment to draw on. That's a testimony. I remember when my mom. I remember when my dad. We do dedications. I often talk about legacy. You leave my a legacy. You leave them a legacy of faith. And then defining moments. These defining moments for a generation. Defining moments of one generation. You see, because how many know? They can cause defining moments for the next. Hmm? Here's what I, here's what I pray. There's one thing I pray. We've done some things that require faith on the church body. We've done some things. We, we, you know the story, the 1.3 million. We didn't have a nickel to our name. We have a testimony. Listen to me. Last week, you just gave a testimony to another generation that can believe for their own defining moment. That I pray that one day there's a generation out of this house this is, I remember when the other generation walked in faith. I remember when they believed that God this and God that. I, I, I believe because of their defining moments, we're going to have our own defining moment. Come on. And then there's this other one, defining moments. Are a testimony to the world. Here's an interesting portion of Scripture. First of all, this, this, this portion in Joshua chapter 4, verse 24, verse 23 and 24. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we crossed. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That all the peoples of the earth would know. That all the people of the earth would know. Come on. There's an interesting scripture, two chapters before this. In chapter two, Joshua sends in two spies. Twelve didn't work out so well the last time. He sends two spies in. They come to the house of a prostitute. (laughs) All right, Rahab. And this is what she says to them. I know the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting because of you. We've heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Red Sea. We heard that when you came out of uh, Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear. I and everyone's courage fell because of you. For the Lord your God. Listen, a testimony from the world. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth. Hmm. Now please swear to me by the Lord, that you'll show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Do you hear the testimony of Rahab? Do you hear the testimony of the world? How many know your defining moment can bring a testimony from the world? That your defining moment is a testimony to the power of God. There's somebody that needs to hear your defining moment. There needs, there's somebody that needs to hear your story. There's somebody that needs to hear of your moment. Because they get a moment like it. I, I, I've told the story. I've looked at people in heartache. I've looked at people who've lost their children. And I said, I'll make you one promise. I'll make you one promise. That you can have joy that you don't understand. That God will give to you. And you can't explain it. You, I, but I'm making you a promise that God will do that for you. Because your defining moment can lead them to a defining moment. There's somebody who will have a definition of God because of your defining moment. There's a world, there's a city that needs a definition of God. And God wants to give them that definition through you. I stand before Peter introduces me last week. He introduces me to a group of people who are going to tour right. And this is what I say to them. We do this because we believe our God has a plan to bless our city. This is not us. This is not about us. Because our God, God wants to bless this city and we just want to be conduits of that blessing. If you da- Listen to me. If nothing else, I want them to know that there is a God who loves them, loves this city, and wants to bless it. Do you understand this morning that we need to give the world a testimony? Hmm? Your defining moment may just do that. That, that co-worker... That's watching you go through hell. Looks at you and says, how, how are you going through that? And you tell them about your amazing God who never leaves you or forsakes you. You tell them, Why do you have joy in the midst of what's going on in your life? Because it comes from God. That your defining moment can bring definition of God to them. Doesn't it make it easier to go through. Doesn't make it any less painful. Doesn't make it any less sorrowful. Doesn't make it any less challenging. But I promise you, God will use your defining moment to bring them to a moment. I'm going to close. That's my first closing. Because I don't want Deanna to get upset. But before I go, I I, I want you to hear this this morning. I believe with all of my heart that we've had defining moments. And I believe with all of my heart that last week was another defining moment. And people say, "Well, well, just because of an offering? No, not just because of an offering. It was part because of that. But it's because people exercise faith. Exercise faith, moved in faith. Moved in a spirit of generosity that becomes a testimony to themselves. Because nobody in this house guessed $150,000 last week. And there's a people, listen to me, there's a people outside of this house that don't know God that says your church did what? Why would they give such money? And I can say to them, because they love God, they love people, and they love this city. And becomes a testimony. I thought you were coming. <laughs> but let me close with this second closing. I didn't close yet. I want you to know this. There was another defining moment that was solely orchestrated by God and God alone he sent his son into the world to redeem the world he sent his son into the world to pay the penalty of sin he sent his son to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world it was a defining moment clearly defined by him it was a defining moment that said the price is paid It was a defining moment that says the lamb has been slain. It was a defining moment that says the wrath of God has been satisfied on Calvary. It was a defining moment that brought restoration of a fallen people to a loving God. It was a defining moment that the power of the law was broken, the power of sin, the power of death when Jesus raised men, that the power of death was broken. It was a defining moment on how men could now relate to God. That no longer did I need to go through some temple. No longer did I need to go through a building. No longer did I need to go through a tent. No longer did I need to kill an animal. No longer was I kept from the holy place. It was a defining moment that God said, I made a way. I made a way. It was a defining moment that said, you're saved by grace. Come on, through faith. Aren't you glad for that defining moment? Because you didn't qualify any other way. Because you couldn't buy your way in and you can't be good enough. And you can take all your religious garbage and all your religious traditions and you still don't measure up. But Jesus defined the moment. It was a defining moment where God and man could once again enjoy continued fellowship that was fractured in that garden. Because of you know the garden was a defining moment. I want you to know that Calvary was the defining moment of God's love, God's power. God's passion for you. His passion. His heart beat so passionately for you that He put His Son on the cross. Listen to me for a moment. It's that moment That has defined your worth. Not somebody else, not a husband, not a wife, not a child, not a job, not an income, not a status. What defines your worth today is what God did on Calvary. Your value was determined at Calvary. that defines you beyond your failures that defines you beyond your guilt that defines you, be, defines you as a son and a daughter that defines you as a child of God it's a moment that defines you as a new creation if you just accept what Jesus did on Calvary that's a defining moment that forever defines who you are we need defining moments And we have defining moments because God had one defining moment that forever can define us. The greatest moment in your life, the biggest defining moment in your life will not be your marriage. Will not be having children. Will not be having grandchildren. Oh, that's already high up there will not be your accomplishments. The single greatest defining moment of your life is when you say yes to what Jesus did on Calvary. That is the single greatest defining moment. And that moment will lead you into other moments that are so incredibly cool. That moment was the greatest single defining moment of my life. The moment I became, the moment I I surrendered to God's will, 24 years old, two kids working in dad's business. Okay, God, I'll go into the Bible school and go to ministry. I went kicking and screaming. And it was the greatest single defining moment that I made. All I'm saying to you today is everybody has them and everybody needs them. But the one you start with is saying yes to Jesus saying yes to his sacrifice. Father, this morning, in this house are men and women who've had many defining moments in their life. Some good, some pleasurable, some not so good, some painful. Father, I pray this morning that each and every one of us would have the single greatest defining moment which is to accept the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as paying for our sins and believing that by faith and becoming a child of God. I'm gonna ask you, keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I, I gotta ask you today, I gotta ask you, do you have that defining moment? Is that moment of time that you can look at and say, you know what? I accepted what Jesus did. I accepted what he did on Calvary's cross. And if you haven't, today is the day that you do it. You don't leave today alone without being a defining moment. So if you're here today, you say, you know what? I want that defining moment. I I just want to accept what Jesus did. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life to God. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. One there. One there. One there. One there. One back there. One over there. Stand with me. Just stand with me. Let's just pray together. Would you pray together with me? Repeat after me. Father, I come today accepting that defining moment when Jesus died on the cross for me. That I come by faith, not by works. And today, I give you my life, I give you my heart. I'll give you all of me. This is my defining moment. That defines me as a child of God. That defines me as more than a conqueror. That defines me as a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And I thank you for Jesus. Amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer today. You take that connect card inside of your bulletin. Give me your information. All right. Write your name. Give me your information. And bring it to me. Just bring it to me. I'll be here walking around. Bring it to me. We want to help you with that decision. Take the card in the envelope. Fill it out. Bring it to me. We're so proud of you. Father, this week bless your people. Give them a great week. In the defining week, in Jesus' name, amen.